This is the Rugby Muscle Podcast, talking all that you need to become the best rugby player you can be. Now here are the Rugby Muscle Coaches, TJ and Alex. Yes, 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 yes. What's going on, everyone? We are back. The boys, boys, plural, are back with a brand new Rugby Muscle podcast, as we should be every single Tuesday and Thursday, giving you the best information to become the best rugby player that you can be. But also, so you can be jacked and tan and get all the girls, because... It's a big part of what we're going to discuss in this podcast, right, Alex? Sure, sure. Oh, I'm joined, as always, by Alex. How's it going? Yeah, good. Um, no, but, I mean, isn't that an important part of going to sevens tournaments? Being Jackson Tan? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's always been my priority, yes. I, I do remember back in the day, whenever I'd go to a, a sevens tournament, the one of the key factors is or two key factors or components and and by key i don't mean anything that is important but it's a key uh, a recurring theme a recurring feature is number one is high class bitches i was going to say like a non um offensive word but i figured i'd just go with that high class bitches so the girls show up and they use i don't know if that's the fashion now but they have that side sweep the sweep just to show that they're they're very posh and that they're coming in to check out the rugby lads, right? Is that a key feature of seven tournaments that you've been to? I can't say I noticed, mate. Oh, sorry, bud. Well, the other one is is Jack dudes looking for any opportunity to take their shirt off, um, and actually get their calves out as well. Like they they take the socks off and then you tie the socks around the above the just below the knee. Have you seen? Have you noticed that? I've not. I've not seen that one. No. I, 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 <laughs> okay. What about the Jack dudes with their a, shirt off? Oh, you tie, you tie the socks below the knee. What? Yeah, you tie them. So you know you where you would usually tie um, a sock tie or whatever, or you put that tape to keep your socks up. No, I would calves, mate. I don't, yeah, I don't know but that. you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the thing was. I, I'm pretty sure it's still a thing because I've seen it. Um, I've so you, never cause you, seen Because you're going to walk around the tournament in your flip flops, you take your, your long socks off, and then you and then where are you going to put them? So guys just tie them down alike. my shorts. All right, whatever. Not everyone has to put socks down their shorts to prove a point, mate. But whatever, Alex. Sometimes I just feel we're getting ahead of ourselves because we're talking about the topic that we're supposed to be talking about. You know what we're actually supposed to be talking about. <laughs> Excellent. It's time for the fact of the week. I'm just trying to wait for it to get to the star part. It's know. not getting to the star part. That was a different thing. Ah, you're a dick. Okay, so before the show, before the show, that sounds like we know what we're doing. Before we started this, you were talking about numbers. You threw a lot of numbers at me. I did, because I said uh, we're going to discuss sevens, and then I just started trolling. Yeah, and that made me start thinking about numbers. Uh-huh. And what numbers can be used for? Because you know, I've been looking into uh, these uh, systems and learning systems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that made me start thinking about language, and essentially, also about talking to aliens. So, <laughs> you know, 
Oh, essentially what I'm saying is, do you know what Sessi is? Oh my God. So you, the listener, have a wee preview into the mindset of a psychopath. Do you know what Sessi is? Like, like how have you how have you gone from me asking that we're talking about sevens and then tens and just saying and then end up yeah saying like random numbers? That for I would say ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people would not lead to a thought about how you can talk with aliens. But anyway, well because but how is this? The, where's the fact? Numbers are numbers are the only reliable way you can. Where's talk the fact? To something that isn't. So just hear me out here, mate. You've interrupted me. So do you know what SETI is? No. A SETI, like a sofa? Yeah. Communication with extra, extraterrestrial intelligence. Okay, okay, do you know who Carl Sagan was? Nope. Actually, I do. I've heard of the name, but I don't know who he was. Okay, well, essentially, he was a big deal. Anyway, SETI's got four different kind of areas they're looking out to communicate with aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You are so weird. Well, yeah, yeah, a little bit actually. Anyway, so two of them are mathematical like languages they come out. One of them's like a picture language and the other one's just listening. And that's so the fact really is that humans at the moment are looking at four main areas to communicate with aliens. I think I saw somewhere the other day that like You know you know they, in order to communicate with aliens we have to find aliens. No, you don't. Of course you do. You know, you just have, have to hear them or listen. Yeah. You still have to find them to hear them or listen. You know who played Marco Polo? Oh, my God. Right. But you would still find the person. Like, like listening to some, hearing someone is you found them because you've heard them. We haven't well, done any of that. you never played Marco Polo then. Because the uh, point is you have to hear them and then find them. No, I know what you're getting you, at. But my point is... We haven't heard anyone yet, so I don't know why we're worrying about uh, if we're saying hello or, or tell them to fuck off. Because they you want your first one well. to be. That's imagine, like, you, you make your first ever contact with an alien and you're just trying to say hi, but you accidentally declare war. Well, this is why you need to use numbers, because numbers are universal. Like, Anyways. a one of something is always one of something. Okay, so what's the least offensive number? We've Stop, stop, stop. We've spent way too much time talking about this useless topic and i and i and i say that useless topic okay uh <laughs> that's really hurtful now so so actually i'll tell you what we've been thinking about how we can progress the fact of the week haven't we sorry what we've been thinking about how we can progress the fact of the week maybe get out of it maybe yeah do something get rid else. of it right well, for now, what we're going to do is the fact of the week is going to last no longer than one minute. It's not a lot of time for a fact, mate. Of course it is. Of course it is. Here's a fact. Did you know that giraffes are kosher, but the act- the animal itself is kosher, but you cannot uh, cook it or eat it because you cannot cook it in a kosher way or kill it in a kosher way, shall I say? There you go. That's a fact in 20 seconds. Let's move on. We're going to talk about rugby sevens today, about how you can train to become the best sevens player. It's getting summer in the Northern Hemisphere. Sorry about you guys in the Southern Hemisphere. I know you're getting into the season, but you guys like a lot of sevens anyway. So if you're listening from the north, from the Southern Hemisphere, then apply this a little bit later. Um, Alex, let's give some general themes for... Uh, 
fitness and conditioning for rugby sevens? Uh, it sucks, just don't do it. It's really difficult. Um, cool, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best bit of information you're going to get out of me on sevens. Mm-hmm. No, um, so sevens generally has a higher um, demand for fitness. Yeah. Um, I think specifically aerobic fitness is a bigger deal for sevens. Um, I don't know if you agree with me on that one, actually, but um, that's why I can. Go on, complete your point, and then I'll uh, tell you why you're wrong. Um, No, that's interesting. Uh, We'll have a discussion. Because the aerobic system is the biggest contributor to recovery from anaerobic effort. Huh. Okay. So the demand... So even though there's a lot more explosive sections and you, and you have to be really anaerobically fit and you have to be able to um, accelerate and decelerate and, and perform a lot of repetitive explosive tasks, the recovery between the explosive tasks becomes a limiting factor. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's, a, that's the main argument that we say about actual 15s rugby, right? Yes. Like, so the main thing for 15s is we're looking at when we're looking at fitness for 15s, you're not going to extend your effort your carry is going to be a carry you'll never rarely like extremely extremely rarely and maybe only if you're a winger or someone that's made an intercept rarely are you going to be in a position where you're you have stopped you've had to stop doing a performance because you're so tired right you're usually going to be stopped before that either you've made a tackle You've tackled someone, you've been tackled, you've hit a ruck, and that ruck is now completed, um, the mall is now completed, etc., 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 right? You're mm-hmm. not, you're not, your fitness isn't aiming to extend that effort. It's aiming to make sure that you can get ready to go and do that effort again as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, and then in saying that, it's also not um, to... Well, you're not going to try and intervene. Like, you're not going to have two occurrences within or – maybe you do get two occurrences. But in 15s, rarely is it you're going to get three, four, five repeated bouts within short succession. The odds are you could get two or three, then you'll get a lot of rest. Um, I was actually going to make a point of this when I was at a rugby game on the weekend and do an Instagram story and record, like, four minutes of a game, right? And it was going to be my argument against Tabata is if if Tabata was going to be an effective way of replicating a game, you could look at one person and um, say they're 10 second videos. Two out of every three of those 10 second videos are put someone's performing high intensity. Actually, yeah. it's not like that at all. They're, they're maybe one out of all four minutes are they actually performing high intensity. I saw your uh, team on some big Instagram page the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. I was pretty impressed with that. Cool info, bro. Yeah, um, you're 13. Run over the top of someone. It's pretty good. Cool. Anywho, anywho, yeah. So, so to me, that comes down to um, aerobic that fitness. recovery still, mm-hmm. um, and being able to report. I, I know you're talk, you want to talk about um, anaerobic intervals and and how no, I, I like this. So. So our first point, I guess, from this whole topic of training for sevens is make sure you're aerobically fit to play 15s and sevens. Like that aerobic fitness is still a key component. 
It's not. Yeah, sure. And, oh, all of a sudden I'm going in the sevens. Yeah. Everything I have to do forever is high intensity. It's not. That's not the case. Any activity which lasts over one minute, the majority of your energy is coming from the aerobic system. Mm-hmm. So, like a sevens game lasts for longer than one minute. Yeah. You know? so, so it doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how anaerobically fit you are. Doesn't matter hashtag how bad you want it. What matters is it's the body. And the body must work aerobically if it is going to work for seven minutes. So if you can work if you can work really efficiently aerobically, that means you're going to be feel, feeling fresher and fresher and fresher throughout the game into the second half. And um, I don't know if this is the point you were going to make, but in a sevens tournament, it's lots of games. So we're looking at your mm-hmm. recovery from game to game is also key for your aerobic fitness. Yeah, there's a, a macro and a micro aspect to that recovery. But also, um, um, but also, don't go into a discussion, just in case you were going to, Alex. We're going to talk about how to structure a sevens tournament in the next podcast. There was so this podcast is all no about your training. Doing that. Huh? There's no chance of me doing that. Although, I am actually doing that with Texas Rugby at the moment. But that's by the by. So you said there's no chance of you doing it. Then you said you're actually doing it currently, so... No chance of me doing it, like, bringing it up on the podcast. Oh, okay, cool. Um, there's... Do you remember me... During the week, I was speaking to you about um, skill acquisition and such, like, as well. Mm-hmm. There's a good argument there that aerobic fitness will contribute more to being able to perform your skills at a decent level. Yeah. Again, going back to well. that recovery aspect, correct? Because you're fresher and therefore yes, you can perform yeah. your skills better. From a fresher's point of view, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, sweet. Covered. Um, there's, it's worth talking about um, eating as well. If we're going to talk about a whole sevens day. Uh, that's in the next podcast, mate. Oh, you weren't, you weren't talking about structuring it from an organisational point of view, were you? No, I'm talking about you're oh, a player. Just... How would you go about like preparing... Going through the day, different things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay, cool, cool. All right, then. So, what else do you need to play sevens, mate? If we look at the effort, it's generally quite a high intensity, the whole seven minutes. Yes. You say that? I mean, you play a little bit more sevens than I have. Mm -hmm. Um, You're a bit bit more familiar with the demands in person. Yes. Um, But then. There's a lot of variability in sevens as well, right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the pace is often dictated by the team with the ball in hand. Uh, to a point, yeah. So you, so you see a lot of the time where it's like playing touch, where the ball is slowed down but significantly and, and you actually have time to recover between bouts. Yeah, so that's where that robot recovery thing is coming in, right? But yeah. at the same time... Well, anywhere, but- more so, so if we're if we're looking at lactate work, um, more so in a game of sevens, way more than rugby, is it going to be a constant high intensity? So, not not very often. Like maybe once in a season, do you ever get um, a, a phase of play in fifteens that would go from one end to the other to the other, and then maybe back again? Right in sevens, that can be the norm for a full game. Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. So that's um, where we have to look at our uh, lactic work, right? Mm-hmm. So 
that's more of our your traditional circuits, your high intensity, a little bit less recovery. Um, I like to do these as like just real high intensity circuits in four minutes of work, non-stop work, 30 seconds as hard as you can fucking go on each different station. So set up four relatively hard stations. Um, I put a video up on my uh, YouTube a while back of me preparing and doing this. It sucks. It really sucks. Um, and I would do four minutes of high intensity work, rest for two or minute, two minutes, back to four. And I would, and then the end goal was to do that for four rounds. That sucked. But yeah, that sounds pretty brutal. When you come to a, then come to a game of rugby, you're a lot more prepared. Not only now, I think we've said that we don't really agree with like mental toughness and. Um, I don't think mental toughness is a thing. No, right, good. We're on the same mindset. Um, you know, and and uh, even just physical toughness, developing toughness, developing, you know, oh, you've been through this in training, that means a game is going to be a cinch. That's not how it works. And that's another topic for another time. Um, but when you're performing this stuff, it is real high intensity, and it does help you prepare for a game. I will give the scenario of when I had a... Um, Went to the Sevens tournament when I was on my year's break from rugby. I was, say, eight months into this year break from rugby. Um, still performing, weightlifting. In fact, it, the Sevens tournament uh, in particular was uh, approximately a week after my very first weightlifting meet. Okay? So, mm-hmm. my priority was the weightlifting meet just because it was something I'd never done before and it was a challenge and I wanted to make sure I did that as best possible. So, this means leaning up to my weightlifting meet um, and leaning up, obviously, to the sevens a week later. I did very little in the way of high-intensity cardio. I did some low-intensity cardio because I didn't want my training to be affected, but I wanted to build up some aerobic uh, capacity because I knew that the sevens tournament was coming. But for the most part, I stuck with my high-intensity weightlifting training. That was the only intense thing that I would do, right, was lift weights for less than a second, drop them, and then go again, whatever. Now, that sevens tournament, that very first game, I was tired after the, the, playing one half, I was tired for the following three hours. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it shows uh, a difference it can make, right? That, mm-hmm. that little bit of conditioning you miss out on. Yeah. Let's, um, let's look at it from a, a, more long, a more long-term point of view and say how... So what's the most common reasons that people have to stop playing a sevens tournament? Because it would probably be uh, an injury of some sort, right? Right. And when we look at like injury prevention, we can also look at um, the ability to change direction well. Cool. Which, is, is, which is a huge, huge part of Yeah, sevens, this right? is, I was, uh, was going to say is probably one of the biggest things. Um, so we've, we've covered your fitness, okay? Everyone knows, right, For to work... For seven hard minutes, um, it's going to be difficult, and you need both aerobic to recover as best you can. Hopefully, that's giving we've given you a little insight on that. And obviously, like I don't think anyone's going into sevens thinking that they don't need to do any hard, high intensity lactate conditioning work. Correct? Hopefully not. So, the next thing of probably most importance is sevens is like a fifteens game, but with all the things that are little components in a game are magnified. So now we're looking at, so your fitness is magnified. Now your 
talk now we're going to talk about how your speed and agility is really magnified in sevens, right? Let's just change that to demands. The demands of these components are magnified. Right. Yeah. So what you've got to do is magnified. Yes. Because yeah, if because if you make an error, so this is what we're talking about. So if you make an error in rugby, or if you're tired in rugby. That's okay, probably in a game of 15s this is. Someone's going to cover for you. If you're tired in the mm-hmm. game of 7s and you're one-on-one with an opponent, you're fucked. You've conceded a try, you've lost the game, you're not going to get those birds. In fact, the guys that are walking around with their socks around their uh, calves are going to get the birds instead. So, you lose out. Yeah. I- I Same thing with at speed and agility, right? If, you, if you're mm-hmm. a little bit slowed down, odds are you're not going to pay for it every single time in a game of 15s because the field is flooded a lot more with people. In sevens, it's not. You've got a lot more space to cover. So not only does that mean you've got to be faster in like a flatline speed, but you've also got to be a lot better at changing direction because if someone can beat you in a change of direction, they've got a lot more space to then carry on that beating of you, which is not the yeah, way I was supposed to work. If someone that, but... get on your outside shoulder in sevens, that's your outside man's already pulled in. And there's a gap. Once there's a gap, it's tries, right? Yeah. And that's how it goes. So talk us through like changing direction, mate. I mean, that's something you're um, you're pretty clued up on. Yeah. Cool. Where are we? I'm talking about you're talking. You're about to talk about changing direction. Oh, you're asking me about it, are you? Yeah, I'm asking you to talk us through changing direction. Yeah. So I think a big thing. For change of direction, if you're with the ball, especially if you're with the ball, it's all about a strong plant of the foot, okay? So we're looking at that sway work that we spoke about with old Sammy Portland uh, a couple months back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about really trying to drive off the whole of the foot with a real strong plant of that foot to drive off and change direction. Um, Do you have any um, particular preference in the direction the foot's planted in? What do you mean? So say I'm going to cut right. Yeah, what, so you want to plant your left foot? foot as far as you can left as possible to then counter you and go to the right. Too often, um, I think should, we said... Should this, my left foot be pointing 45 degree outwards, 45 degree inwards, straight forward, laterally? I prefer the foot to... I've been working with this, actually, and I figured that the straighter you can get your foot, the easier it is to then plant off in a direction because you're going to recruit a lot more glute from that. So you're talking about straighter in terms of a direction you're traveling or a direction you want to travel? Um, the more you can... The, okay, there you go. So you, are you going to try and get me to say you want your toe to try to point in the direction that you're going to move to? This is difficult to talk about without visualizing, of, like putting someone's foot there. I just want you to tell us what you think, mate. Yeah. But yes, that's what I want you to say. Okay, cool. Well, Perfect. So, so you're planting at uh, probably uh, an angle that you want to travel at. Yeah. Sweet. So, and it's not necessarily or as close like, as you can. So, if your yeah, if your yeah. foot's got your foot, most people's feet will have a natural outturn. So, if you're just trying to, if you just crank that foot to try and have your toes point forward, that actually is already going to give you a lot more stable base to then plant and drive off. Yeah. Sweet. I remember like. The, the idea of changing direction isn't so much that you go around someone. It's that you, you're trying to you're trying to make them go one way, and then you're hitting the weak side. Does that make yeah. sense? So it's not it's not like so much your your 
completely avoiding them. Like a lot of the time, the best case for you is going to be you hit like a, a hand or you hit like a weak hit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, makes sense. So it doesn't have to be a huge like you don't have to go ninety degrees. But no, I w- I would also say in sevens you've got a lot more space to do a bigger step and completely clear someone. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make, and I said this on the podcast with Sam Portland, um, the biggest mistake people make with their sidestepping is that they don't really commit and step anywhere. They're still, like, if you're, say we're looking at a clock, right, and you're sprinting forward at 12, okay, if you then step and you only end up at 1 or 2, I mean two's okay, but if you end up at, like, 1, one thirty, two o'clock on the, on the clock, you're actually not really going to change a huge direct direction a huge amount, okay? That's still going to be easy to cover because most of your momentum is still going forward. But if you really plant that foot and try to go at a, to a, like a three o'clock, okay, even if you're not because your momentum is already taking you forward enough, that step is going to be way more effective because you can have a better chance of clearing a defender. Perfect. So, so this, leads us on, this leads us on to accelerating off a mark again. Well, that stop-start kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Right, so if if you're coaching someone through that initial acceleration, because what you've done there is you've, you've essentially you've stopped your forward momentum, you've started lateral momentum, and then you want to start forward momentum again, right? Mm-hmm. How would you how would you be coaching someone into that Well, actually, that we're, we're now moving. That forward momentum is never going to be stopped, Right. Mm-hmm. That that planted foot is more of an anchor to then use that momentum in a different direction. So we're still we're not it's not an actual. So you see it a lot. Um, I guess a good reference is using you know the the video game Madden, right? There's a button where mm-hmm. you can juke. We're not trying to look awesome to sidestep like that, right? We're trying to actually plant the foot and make more of an angled sprint from that. In a traditional side set for sevens, anyways. Sweet. So you you wouldn't be looking at a stop start then. No. Okay. Interesting. That's cool. I quite like the stop start. One looks better. Mm. Whenever I'm playing Madden, I want a stop start. Yeah, yeah. That's a. But I don't. I just don't think anyone really commits to a tackle enough for that to be effective. I think you have to carry that momentum forward. That's with the ball. Now let's look at defense, Alex. Okay. Hmm. Are we looking for the same mechanics as a defender? I'm not talking sure if you're talking about skills or not here, mate. Uh, in talking in terms of skills, I think um, uh, it depends who you are. Yeah, you I, you know, I would, I would say yes. I'm looking, for, I'm looking for similar. Yeah, I, that's the word. I, the exact word I had in my head. You're looking for similar mechanics, but I would say uh, as a defender. We're looking for a lot faster feet. We're looking to use yeah. our feet to, you know, change our direction still and have them ready. But we need faster feet because we are now reacting to the attacker a little bit more. Yeah, I totally as the attacker, you can just make a decision and, and go for hips. it. If you're a defender, if you if you go for the decision, it's wrong. You have to be able to still not fall on your ass, recover from that, and make that tackle. Yeah. So, like I said, fast feet, good hips. Mm-hmm. So, if any decent player, as soon as, like as soon as they see your hips are going one way, they, they're going to take the other option, right? That's what I was talking about about hitting that weak side, that, that weak hip or weak hand. Um, so, if if you can learn to to backpedal 
properly. I mean, not backpedal, but at least move properly and keep your your center of gravity in the right place to change direction. Um, you're under a much better thing rather than that rush up, plant, um, and go again, right? Mm-hmm. So it says as soon as soon as you end up uh, on the back hit on the on your heels, yeah, your game's over, yeah. Boom. And anyone with any sort of understanding of how people work is going to go around you, which is again, it makes you look shit. Yep. Sweet as. So when you're coaching out, are you coaching agility drills? Oh coaching- yeah, what I'm doing, mate, is I'm getting uh, my ladder, right, and I'm putting my ladder on sand, and then having people <laughs> kick sand as far as they can, and they're going to use fast feet. It's going to look really cool, and I get loads of likes on Instagram. Have you have you got those bands around their ankles and stuff? <laughs> Fuck, that's annoying me. Yeah, yep, yeah. all of that, all that stuff, and then they've got a parachute as well. Whilst doing it, no, nope, we're trolling. We're um, so I'm. So for agility drills, yeah, it's just all about fast feet. A good one I like, and again, it's on my YouTube. Um, I'll put I'll put links to the videos that I'm specifying in the show notes at rubbish-muscle.com, where you've got a you know a good the best drill I've done for it, and this is an um, you know, one of those drills where we're trying to put the mechanics into practice, and we still want to focus on the mechanics. So you don't want to worry too much about competition. You want to worry about the mechanics first. Um, anyways, that drill is where you're going to set two cones five meters apart. You're going to have an attacker mm-hmm. and a defender, both on opposite sides, and you're going to race each other, or there's going to be one specified attacker, and the defender has to just mirror that attacker, okay? So he has a set period of time, 10, 5 to 15 seconds, where he's just going to alternate between the two cones, step as he sees fit, Right. You with me so yeah, you're far? Trying to, you're trying to create space. You, know, you want to make yeah. light between yourself then and the Then any time between those 5 to 15 seconds, the attacker can plant a foot and head to one of either two cones that are an extra 5 metres outside of these 5 cones that are in the middle. Hope that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, sure. I, um, yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean, mate. Um, it might help that I've seen the video. Yeah, but, um, I'm going to put... Actually, tell you what. Don't worry about it, child. I'm going to put this video up on Instas and you can uh, check that out. On the IG, excellent. Yeah, at um, tj.strength. Um, what, l- if you had cues for that drill, what, what would they be, apart from fast feet? Um, what do you mean? I'm looking for hips here, mate. I'm looking for you to say something about hips. Will you tell me? I said, yeah, I don't... I want the hips sunk a little bit. Rather than being tall, yeah. you want that more power position. Yeah, do you, know what I mean? you don't want to rise so- up from that position, because the second you rise up from that position... It's when you're going to be, you, you have a chance of getting caught off balance. Yeah, a lower sense of gravity is better. Essentially, what we're talking about. Yep. Oh, no, Stay low. Tackles as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, any more things about agility? We spoke a lot about agility. Um, we're running over the twenty minutes, so I don't really want to talk too much about speed because that's a whole separate podcast. And again, we've spoken about it time and time again. But you need to make sure your speed work is in point, um, and obviously your fitness. Anything yeah, else I mean, you want to add? Agility is not really my my area, to be honest, mate. It's not, I don't I don't really have too much more to add on that point. No, fitness wise, I, I think, think that's enough that all the boys need to add in, anyways. I, to, to yeah, uh, in conditioning wise and fitness wise, I think it will take a bit of planning on their part because mm-hmm. because 
the aerobic fitness probably doesn't want to occur too close to um, any other kind of training. You don't want to get an interference in there. Yeah, and likewise, oh, like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Anaerobic will work. Is um, you need to figure out a way or hire a coach. Not hint, hint. Rubbylashmaster.com. Um, TJStrength.com. If you you got to figure out a way of getting the three key components right, so um, I'm looking at low intensity. So we're looking at aerobic work. We're looking at medium intensity, but um, a little bit longer body of work than the high intensity work. So medium, which is the lactate stuff, right? So those four minute circuits I just spoke about, different things like that. And then you're also looking mm-hmm. at super high intensity, for example, just sprints or sled sprints or hill sprints, where it's you're working for seven seconds, I'd say, and then you're going to rest for the rest of the minute. Something like that. Let's actually change. Let's change that down. Instead of saying you're going to work for seven seconds, you're going to work until, until your you work slow down. Drops. Yeah, nice. So when when your technique goes, or when your you feel yourself slowing down, or when you feel something's not quite there, then you rest. Rather mm. than saying you you have you have to do seven seconds because if you're like me and seven seconds is a long time, like maybe you only work for five seconds, you know. Hmm. But as long as the output, because that's what we're talking about, we're talking about power output, is the same. And like we know that recovery and the ability to generate force is directly related to the amount of time that no, the amount of force that can be produced. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. My um, yeah. So my point is, as you said, you need to figure out. Don't know. Don't work for set time. Work for your ability set intensity. level. Intensity. Yeah. Yeah. So we're looking at 95% plus and then plus, rest yeah, until you can get back up to 95% plus again. It's as simple as that. Yeah, There's no set periods. In fact, on the on a, on the conditioning guides at rubbish-muscle.com, they're they're not set um they're not set times as well. There are set heart rates. And if not, then that times are another way of expressing it or another way of figuring it out. But you got to do what you got to do. Figure out a way that you can implement those three, but keep them separate because it's difficult to recover from them, and it's also difficult to make the improvements necessary because you get an interference effect, which basically means that one. So if you do aerobic work and then you go into a load of high intensity work, you're not going to get quite as much benefits from either of them as you would do if you train them separately and away from each other. Really important point. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up a second ago. That's cool. Cover in a in a second podcast. Yeah. Cool. cool. That's it, boys. Um, we're going to see you in the next one. If you are not sure what we're talking about, we're talking about different conditioning guides, and you're like, boys, you're telling me all these different conditioning components, but I don't know where to get. Can I get like 50 free conditioning sessions? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. At rubby-muscle.com, on the homepage, there's us. You can also get, a, if you're in the off-season, you're like, no, boys, I've no intention of doing sevens. All that stuff you discussed sounds like it's gross. Um, Smart. That's Smart also cool. Group. Go ahead and do the four-week free program now that you're in the off-season. And you'll also find that at rubby-muscle.com or tjstrength.com. That's it for now, guys. Uh, if you would, wouldn't mind, if you enjoyed this podcast, we always appreciate a five-star review. And in fact, on the next podcast, we're going to read a few out. Um, and you can get yours read out in the not maybe not in the next podcast, but in a podcast in the future. If you make it funny, or even if you don't, tell us a joke. Give us five stars. We love you so much. We do really appreciate you for listening.
Love you so much. Yay.